podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the June edition of the Leeds That Podcast. I'm Paul and I'm joined by Andy. Hello. James. Hello. And Matt. Hello there. Hang on, what's on your t-shirt? My t-shirt. It's pyjamas, isn't it? It's Blink-182. <laughs> I fit into some clothes that I bought a few years ago, so I'm just wearing them all for, you know, prosperity's sake. Good lad, good lad. I can't go with James's hair, it's like, amazing. Well, we talked about this last week, didn't we? Because yeah, it doesn't look, uh, look that different to last week to me. I was halfway through that cut, actually, uh, and uh, it was just gradually getting shorter the next day. My wife cut it, she's done a good job. I My to, wife! I have to say that, because she's... Very nearby. I thought my haircut was good till I saw yours. Yours is good. You look super tanned as well. I thought you'd been on the electric beach. There's a. I live on a street near Electric Avenue, actually. So keep rocking down to it. How are you all doing, guys? Just great, thanks, mate. How about yourself? Yep, really good. I had a little look out on. There was a peacock on on the march on the way down the street. So hopefully they'll uh, take a diversion and go somewhere else for their bedding down this evening anyone who's not listened to the podcast to this point paul has been invaded by peacocks in his garden which have also disrupted the flow of our podcast or added to the quality i'm not quite sure yeah a bit of both anyway speaking of peacocks on the march have you uh, seen today's uh, story about how amazing our pitch is at elland road how the players are running faster than they were before the lockdown and how Leeds United are about to smash the competition behind closed doors. Oh, mate, you had to add that last bit in, didn't you? Yeah, of course I did. It's big news. That's exactly what we need to start off the podcast talking about. Confidence seems to be oozing out of our football club at the minute, but it's not um, complacent confidence, is it? It's kind of like we're prepared and ready to go, which is ace to see. Especially when you see the disarray that other clubs appear to be in. Absolutely. And having watched the last dance, I would basically look like we're the Chicago Bulls from pick a year in the 1990s. We're that good. In fact, we're better because we're not relying on uh, just a Michael Jordan. I think we're we're a proper team. Who's Dennis Robert in this scenario? You. <laughs> Probably Alioski, but I don't know. You could pin it on a few characters. I've not seen the last dance and I don't remember there being a worldwide pandemic in the 90s. So what's the uh, what's the comparison? The Last Dance is both really a documentary about Michael Jordan's rise to fame, which he can't do without being about the Chicago Bulls' rise to fame and success. And it looks sort of... The Last Dance is the team kind of broke up at the end of the 1998 season, and it's looking at the history up until that point and all the successes... And it has a lot about leadership and what it takes to win. Have you turned into Paul Gambaccini? Because that was dog if you have. <laughs> Why Paul Gambaccini? Isn't he like a film critic and that, talking about how good stuff is? And he's just giving you a really bang average synopsis. No, Paul Gambaccini is a music uh, aficionado. Appears on Radio 2 every time somebody dies. Who am I thinking of then? I don't know. You're thinking of um, Jonathan Ross. 
Andy, give a better synopsis. No, let's not talk about the last dance. We're talking about Leeds United. Football's coming back. That's what we're supposed to be talking about. We've diverted onto basketball. It's ridiculous. You're talking about the 98 season, the end of the 98 season, and all I can think about is George Graham. Yeah, the, the other thing as well is that Chicago Bulls just bought all their success. It's like they're like the Man United of bloody NBA. Yeah, but Jordan had some good trainers, didn't he? No, Leeds United leads that podcast focus. Well, if you want to go into the leads that bit, the the scary leads that bit is this all seems too good, doesn't it? We could be building ourselves for a massive leads that moment. If you had to predict, Paul, the way that this is going to go leads that, where's your money? Well, the, the, the obvious one is lose a couple, two or three, or a bit of nerves. Other teams get a bit closer and or even get it towards the last game where we just get overtaken and it gets cancelled or something along those lines. Or the coronavirus tests come back positive for Phillips, Ben White and... Yeah, exactly. And uh, so there's, there's a lot of scope for it going that way. But equally... My uh, poorly received comparison to the Chicago Bulls was that you just see that we're a proper team who are going about and and you feel inevitability about the fact that we're going to go out and do really well in those last nine games. Is it pronounced Melier? That's the person who goes around testing beers in pubs. How do you see it played out, James? Um, What, football? Leaders' season. Oh, uh, I don't know. It's still early to tell what will actually happen I think um, it's good that the go-ahead's been given and it's supposedly going to happen um, but I think we are more than ready um, as a team anyone that comes our way we should be sweeping them aside and and um, wow it's true, it's true though you know we should yeah. be because um, we've swept most teams in this league aside all season long we just haven't taken our chances a lot of the time but there's no excuses now Um and you've got to think that you've got someone like Augustin who's chomping at the bit as well. Um, he's looking ridiculously fit and, and raring to go and um, that puts Bamford under pressure. And uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm with James. I've looked at the fixtures and there's only a couple of tricky ones in there. It's just a shame they're the first two. But what, How do we know what a tricky fixture is? Like Wigan at home is a tricky fixture for us. Not with... Uh, I was going to say not with... Uh, without the fans and the crowds there, I think it's a different ball game. I think another thing you've got to take into consideration is how prepared these teams are. Mitrovic looks like he's eating all the stuff Augustine's lost. So it depend, <laughs> d- depends how they come back and what they've done, doesn't it? That would be disgusting if he has. Oh, a right, human right. centipede type thing. Oh, James. Another thing I want to raise with you guys quickly is how do you... Have you seen what's happened with Charlton? Three of their players saying they're not going to play past the end of June. And one of them, well, I think two of them are key players too for them. That's going to obviously affect how things go. What if other teams start having uh, these type of problems? Well, that has the potential for it to be the start of everything unravelling, doesn't it? Because we haven't yet got to a vote on um, agreeing the terms. We, as of press, we haven't heard. that They said there were some suggestions for amendments to the EF proposal before that actually gets put to a vote next Monday, I saw that that vote has been delayed till next Tuesday. So whilst in principle the clubs are training, we've gone back to contact training, there are still a few milestones to overcome before we can actually guarantee that we are behind closed doors and playing against Cardiff City on the 
whatever of June. It's a big two weeks. Yeah, it is a big two weeks. I've got a question about the logistics of this. If well, what the playoff final, hopefully we're not in it, obviously, but the when it when it's played, is it going to be behind closed doors at Wembley? Well, I think yeah. so, yeah. Wow, that'll be that'll be weird. Also, if it was, if we were involved, then we could get a few. You could social distance quite a few fans in Wembley. Here's another one as well. You've seen that they've announced friendlies this week, so the Premier League teams can have friendlies against other opposition, but only so the players travel ninety minutes away. So that means we could have Leeds Liverpool, Leeds Scum, Leeds City. Could be some right friendly action going on. And they've got but the, basically the, the, none of us can go watch. Two weeks. I'd love to watch us on a stream against them. I fancy us against anyone at the minute. Based on absolutely nothing, by the way. <laughs> I don't know how keen... It's clearly someone must have mooted that for it to be agreed, but the, the games are due to start in a fortnight. Like, two weeks on Friday, the, or two weeks from now, the Premier League are starting with those uh, spare fixtures, aren't they? The the, uh, the ones that... The, the games in hand. So it's, it's going to all happen very quickly from an awful lot of nothing and a lot of noise. It's just going to happen, or it won't. We will know very soon. And they're saying that we might have to play some games on neutral ground because we can't be trusted. Who said that? Is that a thing? Yeah. Same for Liverpool. If they think that there's a risk of fans congregating outside the ground, they uh, the police might say that they want it to be played at a neutral ground. I think they've identified six fixtures in the Premier League. Uh, and so it looks likely that Leeds will be uh, given a similar treatment in the Championship. And they're going to broadcast every single game. I believe that's the plan, yeah? Are we going to try and uh, get together with a, a projector and a socially safe, distant stick between us? I'm not sure if that's in the guidance yet. I think you're only, aren't you only allowed two households getting together? And no, you can have, yeah. no, you can, you can have six from anywhere, can't you? Yeah. I'm not sure. Again, I feel like we're giving advice without knowing what the advice is. Well, me and Andy know. Well, if... If one of us is on a stepladder just outside your garden, or two of us are on stepladders looking out over the fence onto a projector, no rules broken. I was thinking you need to get buying this projector on Amazon because I went on today to buy a printer. Can't buy a printer. No chance. What are you trying to print? Also, who is who are you saying needs to buy the projector? I was just going to say that. <laughs> He's definitely assumed that Matt's buying the projector. Not necessarily well, Matt. It could be I'll, any of us other than Paul. Okay. All he's assumed is he's not no. buying a projector. <laughs> I'm quite happy to host. I've got I'm a garage a wall. It's not a problem. But Matthew sent right. a picture. All right, Mr. Peacock. Gladi Dar up in your tower with your garage wall. Well, you've got a wall as well. I haven't. started getting targeted adverts for uh, outdoor screens and projectors, and I haven't searched for them. They just know. I don't know how, but they know. I've signed you up to all sorts of stuff. I bet you have. Now Googling outdoor screens. Has anyone been following the takeover rumours with QSI? No. Tell us about it. Basically, it's all over social media that we're going to be PSG's feeder club or partner club with QSI buying a big old stake in us and basically owning 75% if we get to the Premier League, I believe. Is that right? Anybody? So this stemmed from a conversation between uh, somebody in France who said that they've certain that over the last week these talks have happened and that's what's been agreed which caused the inevitable amount of excitement and equal amounts of um, 
denial and we've been burnt too many times to believe it and equally there's there's a, enough smoke there that there must be some kind of conversation but obviously nothing concrete has come out yet there's a poster on Wacko called EVS who made a very funny comment I thought saying it's better to be PSG's feeder club than Norwich's feeder club Matt thoughts on that well I don't want to be anybody's feeder club and anyway aren't we misreading this because technically PSG are our feeder club we could be getting Mbappe we could because he'd you know presuming we get promoted he'd rather play in the Premier League than whatever crap they have in France as their main league I don't even know what it's called yeah exactly he's also not as good as Big Kev stats have shown it from that under 20s World Cup wherever it were well some people think that they you know a few years ago they were basically the same player and their careers have gone in different directions since Sorry, Matt, I'm slightly distracted. I'm looking at projector screens. Do you think that Bielsa is the person who can get out Me. of... Me too. <laughs> <laughs> That's just... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was looking at this one. I'll put it in the chat. Go on, sorry, Paul. Uh, do we think that Bielsa is the man who could be able to get the full potential out of uh, Augustine? James, we don't need a screen. We need a projector, don't we? We've got a wall for the screen, haven't we? Yeah, but it's brown. Yeah, all we need is a white sheet, though, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, but this this screams professionalism. Having said that, if you look at what... No, I'm not going to make that joke. <laughs> oh, to be fair, I've got a whiteboard. That'll work, won't it? How large is said whiteboard? Is it the size of a garage? It's big. I'll have to check. Yeah, I do think Bielsa's the right man for us in the Premier League. Anyway, Paul... That's not what he asked. He asked whether Bielsa was the right person to to get the potential out of Augustine. Yeah, I do think Bielsa is the right person to get the uh, potential out of Augustine, Paul. It goes back to that um, the quote that Bielsa made when we signed him that he's a thirty forty million pound player that we would have never been able to afford in the con- but because of the condition he was in. We were able to to get him on loan, so Bielsa wouldn't have signed him if he doesn't think he can't get the maximum out of him. And let's be honest, he's dripped every last bit of uh, talent out of the current team so uh, yeah of course he can do it for him Why do you think Phil Hay keeps saying that Bielsa will stick with Bamford for the rest of this season and not switch to Augustine if Augustine is fit and ready to go Because I think that we've seen enough of Bielsa to know that that's exactly what's going to happen Bamford would have to do something really badly wrong, get injured or get suspended in order for uh, Augustine to start. But the point is that before the this whole lockdown, we didn't even have anybody to sub Bamford off for until Roberts got fit. So um, Augustine's going to be coming on from the bench during the uh, behind closed doors games, as far as I can, I'm concerned. And do some damage. Yeah, you've got to feel sorry for some of these fat defenders who haven't been keeping up their exercise during the lockdown, haven't you? Get run ragged by Pat for 70 minutes and then 20 minutes of uh, big Kev. I do. I can imagine fast forward in a few weeks and in, and there have been all sorts of bloody social media posts where players are being uh, fat shamed. Slight, slight belly overhangs on skin tight shirts, that sort of thing. Or we might go back to the 90s and everyone's wearing baggy shirts just to hide it. I wish I was as fat as some of these professional footballers. So we've got a guest on the podcast this week, haven't we, Andy? Have we? James? No, James is always on. Jay, no, James organised it. Oh, right. 
Yeah, we've got a good friend of the podcast, uh, Barney. He's come on to talk to us about Leeds and everything he's been doing it during lockdown. Looking well, looking tanned. <laughs> I haven't got much else to do, have I? Just sit in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> Living that dream, eh? That's why I'm doing it with it, mate. It's doing my head in. <laughs> what, just sat in the garden? What's wrong with that? I'm drinking too much, mate. I'm turning into that bloody Onslow off uh, keeping up appearances. <laughs> My wife said to me, I look like Jim Royal now. <laughs> That's a compliment, isn't it? I hope so, yeah. <laughs> I might need to go into the um, into oh, the lounge and tell my wife to be quiet. <laughs> you live in the same life as us, so don't worry. Yeah. I have Wi-Fi problems in this house. So. I expect them Paul, mate. He's got peacock problems. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Apparently she's watching the spelling bee now. We can record it. <laughs> you can. <laughs> oh dear. That's you interrupt. It may have been the garden before long, won't you? I might get signal out there actually. I'll do it in the ga- I'll do it in the um kitchen actually. How excited are you then, Barney, to uh, have a finally have a date for football coming back for Leeds? It's it just actually seeing players actually train again just feels like something's happening again and you're actually seeing the account Leeds United account starting to do stuff about what's happening at training and stuff like that it's just very exciting isn't it yeah it's uh, the radio silence but well not radio silence but you know them filling time with uh, recipes <laughs> yeah <laughs> recipes for meals and stuff it doesn't quite uh, cut it does it you know it's, it doesn't beat seeing uh, players running around Thorpe Arch and just uh, the t- the, the timeline in the Twitter as well. I mean, obviously the last couple of days haven't been brilliant, but it's the fact that you, you can actually see about people talking about football again. And it's like, I mean, it, I mean, everyone laughs about it, but it's actually a massive part of your life sometimes, isn't it? You, you work Monday to Friday and you, you look forward to that Saturday, meeting up yeah. with your mates and then going out for a few drinks before the game and then watching a the game as well. And you can have... I mean, Saturday night can be fantastic on social media or it can be absolutely rubbish, but you can actually talk about something and actually have some, like, proper debates. But it's just, yeah. It's a release, isn't it, from, from the normal stresses of life? It's just an escape, isn't it? It's escapism football. That's where we all, we all get so involved and immersed in it. Um, you're really active on your social stuff, aren't you? Is that, like, a passion you've had since it started or...? Is it all sprung from the Leeds community on, on social media? <laughs> um, some people may say I'm a, a bit of an attention seeker, <laughs> but <laughs> I just like social media. I just like to get engaged with people, talk about stuff. And and once you start using the hashtag LUFC, you, you get all sorts of people talking about stuff. <laughs> so it's it's sometimes it can be good, sometimes it can be, <laughs> let's say, quite vindictive as well at the same time. Yeah, it can be pretty brutal, can't it? Yeah, it can, yeah. It's the thing is though, is that at the end of the day, social media is it's all about opinions. And and apparently if you're on a social media account, you, you should be an adult, but sometimes people can't be an adult yeah. for some reason, which I, d- I do not understand. So have you uh, have you been listening avidly to the leads of that podcast, Sparney? Of course. I mean 
I mean, you're scraping the bells right now getting me on, aren't you? I mean, the amount of people you've got on. Incorrect, just... mate. We thought, <laughs> what we thought was there's one person we need to play behind closed doors. <laughs> and that's Barney. No one knows what it's like to be the bad man. To be the sad man. Behind closed doors. Okay, Barney, if you've not heard this before, this is Behind Closed Doors. I've got a player behind my closed door, and you need to work out who it is by asking me yes-no questions. I'll give you yes or no as an answer, and you can whittle it down through a series of clues to work out who it is. So, Andy, who's going first? Uh, Well, it's alphabetical order, isn't it? Andy, Barney, James, Paul. So I'll start. Go for it. I've I've got this player's Wikipedia page in front of me ready. Right. Also, the illusion's going to be spoiled here because you don't have anyone behind any doors, do you? We've been facing it all these weeks. (laughs) Oh, now you tell me. (laughs) Right then. Did this player play for Leeds United between the year 2000 and 2010? Yes. Oh, get in. Did this player play in the Premier League? No. Was he a midfielder? Yes. Was he a Buckley midfielder? No. Was he not a battling midfielder? <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> oh, good. Was he a Peter Reid signing? No. Ugh. We've already established he's not in the Premier League, haven't we? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Bloody hell. Did he play in League One? Yes. Was he an academy player? No. Did he also play in the championship? Yes. It's Neil Kilkenny. No. Oh, bollocks. Mm. Was he British? No. Was he from Australia? Ah, da, da, oh. da, not your go now, Barney. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, We're so nice to our guests on the Leeds That Podcast. <laughs> Was he from Australia? <laughs> no. Ah. Oh. Oh. Oh, well, at least you got your question in. Was he Irish? No. Was he Scottish? No. (laughs) Did he wear white? (laughs) At home, yes. Ah. I've got it. I'll pass them. Andy always does this. He says, I've got it. Put everyone else under pressure, and then he comes up with something stupid. Uh, Is he American? No. Ah. Did he play in the championship before we got relegated to League One? Yes. Oh, balls, I don't have it. So he was in the squad that got relegated to League One and he was a midfielder of the non-battling kind. Is not British or Irish. Mm. Did he play in central midfield? No. Did he play on one of the wings? Yes. Did he leave League One pretty pronto? Not stay around for too long? You need to put a time time on it. Did he last more than six months in League One? Yes. Oh. Was Andy, he you're typing there, looking at the screen there. I can see you're Googling now, aren't you? <laughs> he will be. Okay, Google. <laughs> was, he a, was he a prolific goal scorer? Sorry, no. I don't know how to help with that. <laughs> <laughs> was he a winger? Yes. 
Is he a player that we're always always linked with during transfer window? No. Did he play for Leicester? No. <gasps> Did he play for Nesbitt Town? Yes, Paul. <gasps> Sebastian Carroll. Yes. Oh. <laughs> well played. He was, he was prolific. He scored three in 46 appearances. Yeah, and then three games was prolific. Goal a game in them three. Well, assuming he didn't score two in one game. He didn't. I know his career inside out. <laughs> Clearly. Finally, when do you think we'll be able to get back to Ellen Road? Me personally, I don't think that we'd, we... We won't be this year. Definitely not. I think that next year is going to be a massive decision by by the country and also by the FA and EFL when we can actually go back to back to normal life in a ground. I mean, that the, there's even talk about pubs and how they're going to do social distancing. We can't really just say that when that's going to happen because we need a vaccine at the end of the day. So I don't think that, if I'm honest, it'd be really interesting next season if that's going to really happen, that people are going to go back into grounds. I don't think it's going to happen, if I'm honest. I think that was our general feeling when we've all discussed it. It just, everything in all walks of life seemed that far off at the moment because we're it's all such a gradual build-up. Yeah, and this is the thing that because what's what's happening right now is just normal life. We we need this is the new norm, and I've seen massive crowds and things like that. I don't I don't think we're going to see for for months on end, if I'm honest. Especially at sporting events, anyway. I mean, when when uh, the last goal that we saw was Bamford and also um, Ailing, everyone hugged each other. I mean. You, if if a football ground said that you can't hug anyone, you can celebrate a goal, goal on your own, is that going to happen? You, you won't be able to do that, will you? I have to confess, me and James had a cheeky high five after Ailing's uh, Ailing's volley. Yeah, well, one thing you didn't realise is I had uh, hand sanitizer in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think your new uh, new normal match day routine is going to be? It all depends on what clubs are going to do because everyone's obviously paid their season ticket for next season. So it, it all de- it all depends on the actual social media side and who who's going to be able to stream that game. Um, if you're a season ticket holder, can you use your season ticket hold, uh, season ticket to stream a game through your your TV? It I don't know. It's a really really tough one because. It's not just about the season to kill. It's about the other people that have paid money. I mean, even clubs in the Premier League have had to pay money back to some of the TV companies because they've not upheld their their side of the bargain, which is unfair, really, because they they can. It's I mean, it's it's typical, isn't it, that when Leeds were relegated from the Premier League, that's when the the money was coming in coming into the league. And then we might, hopefully, we, in fact, sorry, we will get promoted into the Premier League. It might be a stage where there's no money in the Premier League again. Leads that. <laughs> it's a proper leads that moment, that, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Here's, here's one for you then. I'm just uh, just browsing the World Wide Web as we're chatting. And one thing, I don't know if you've seen, but there's been nine more confirmed cases of COVID-19 in the Championship from six clubs. 
do you reckon we're actually going to get started again or what? I was going to ask this question because uh, Phil um, tweeted that, didn't they? And um, the thing is, though, it's, it's also the staff in the actual club as well. So are the league going to look at it differently? Is it because staff get it? Or if if you get 10 more players get it rather than staff, would that be a different dis- scenario? When will the league decide if, right, there's 10 players got it or there's 15 players got it now rather than actual staff? I mean, I don't know the correlation between what the difference would be between staff and also players. I suppose it probably depends on... Uh what that member of staff does and how much contact they come into players, I suppose. It's mm. it's such a bloody minefield, isn't it? It's hard to say. So like us, Barney, you've probably spent the last 16 years dreaming of the moment that we get promoted to the Premier League and we're all hoping that this is going to be it. But how are you feeling? How are you How are you dealing with the fact that if this is the moment, we're, we're not going to be there to enjoy it? Wait, it's a Lee's lap moment, isn't it? <laughs> At the end of the day, it's... I mean, I had a dream last season when when it was going to happen. My dream this season was that we were going to get promoted against Charlton on the last home game of the season. And Charlton were going to stay up. And there's Lee Bowie in the centre of the pitch celebrating with everyone as well at the same time. I mean, that when we got promoted from the uh, from League One to Championship, everyone said about staying on the... Um, stay off the pitch are we going to stay off our sofas and stop jumping around because everyone's going to tell us what you're doing it's uh, it, uh, it's it. well we, we know that we know that you're miss as well <laughs> <Hell yeah. laughs> I've just plumped those cushions up <laughs> so what, what do you think is going to happen then Barney if you had to predict football comes back on the 20th a Leeds going up or is it going to be yet another Leeds that moment no I, I think that we're going up this is a like another free season for us. I mean, we've seen for the, the last couple of seasons under Bielsa, we win seven games on the try in the start of the season. So, I mean, if you look at the players as well, I mean, Jack Harrison's Instagram is just... I mean, I watch him, but I'm, I'm, I'm eating a bacon sandwich at the same time. But <laughs> it's just amazing how some of the players are still fit. And this is why I question when other clubs are coming out saying, oh, we're not ready for that. Well, what have you been doing during lockdown? Have you not been thinking about actually it might start to happen again as well? So, I mean, the players are going to be, I mean, they have to get weighed every single day, don't they? So it's like they're still in training in a, in a strange way. We, I mean, it's all come out from what the doctors all said at Leeds and getting everyone sorted out before it started. We were so prepared. We were more prepared than the bloody government, weren't we? I was just going to say that. They... They, they actually got ventilators at the same di- time, didn't they? And they actually started um, getting some of the gym equipment before any other clubs started thinking, actually, we need to get that to deliver to the home. So they, the, the way they were prepared for it was absolutely brilliant. I, I think that people don't forget that as well. It's a bit unnerving how well the clubs run, isn't it? It's not, uh, it's not normal. I don't like it. I want to get off. I think, to be honest, I mean, a lot of people have still got issues about what Rads has done and what he did in the first season and stuff, but he, he had no foundations to build from. Absolutely nothing. I miss Vern Troyer, mate. <laughs> That's not what to say to that, to be honest. I miss no the chaos. Does, no one does, Barney, don't worry. The world misses Vern Troyer, two years gone now. Yeah. I miss it's the chaos, though. Now. 
You don't miss that- the chaos, Andy. That is the last thing you miss. Can I ask oh. a question then? Go for it. So apparently Chilino saved some money to one side and he'd love to come back to England to buy a club. Oh, who yeah. would your club who who which club would you love him to buy? Derby County. I was just gonna say Derby. Hundred <laughs> percent Derby. I think a fair few people would be saying Aston Villa at the moment as well, because they haven't exactly yeah, conducted themselves in the best of spirits. There's a lot of clubs that have conducted themselves in the best spirits. Sheffield Wednesday's another one. You see, the obvious answer to that question, Barney, is that you'd like him to um, take over at Old Trafford, but the leads that moment would be that Chilino would go on and win 10 Champions Leagues <laughs> <laughs> with score. It's quite interesting seeing um, Man United um, still financially stable, but their actual owners are still taking money out the club all the time and it's still the same it's i mean we we complain about what happened during bates and Chilino era but it, they're just the same sort of owners on a small scale on a bigger scale to be honest don't give them could, too much sympathy though could happen to a national time because they, they still think they're massive but they're not <laughs> they're so far behind with the other clubs in the in the premier league it's unbelievable and how quickly do you think we can close that gap if we go up? Well, there's a lot of talk about QSI. It's still not going away, is it? But me personally, I do think that we will be the next Man City going up. In a couple of years, we'll start seeing more money come into the club. Um, I, I think we've already got the, the plans in place for going up. Uh, obviously, we've got Adidas on board already. So I think that's a massive sign for me. Um, it's a bold shout Barney but you know last time we got promoted from this uh, division we were champions within two years so it's not unheard of it's not because we've got owners that probably have understood what the actual club is all about and what the fans are and you know what Leeds is like once we get going the fans get behind us we're a different monster aren't we we're a bunch of dreamers aren't we (laughs) got a dream otherwise what's the point of being awake, Paul. Well, I remember Peter Ridsdale talking about dreams. I remember Hockenday talking about a dream as well, going to the Champions League. So. Yeah, he wanted to win yeah. the Champions League, didn't he, Hockenday? Yeah. He might come back. You never know. He hasn't even been to the Champions League as a spectator, has he? I don't think he's on FIFA either, has he? <laughs> has he been out of Britain? <laughs> Probably not. He's on Hock Down. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Oh, God, well played, sir. Well, Barry, thank you for joining us, mate. Uh, I just want to also say thank you for all the support you've shown us uh, and spreading the leads that name in and around social talent. It's much appreciated. Uh, well, keep up you. the good work. <laughs> and oh, yeah, as well, Barney, you kindly have donated a prize to our prize draw, haven't you? I have, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks ever so much for that. It's really appreciated. What, no, what, is, it, what is it I exactly mean, as well? Oh, it's my hero, David Batty. Just, you've, you've donated David Batty? Yeah. <laughs> I've actually found him. Where have you kept him? <laughs> Behind closed doors. No, it was at Bernard Castle. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a signed David Batty poster. Is that right, Barney? It is, yeah. How, yeah. Tell us the story about how you came to have that in your possession. Well, he's actually a lad off um, 
off Twitter who was selling it, uh, Benny Scotty, if you know him. Um, and he was selling it. I was like, yeah, I'll buy that because David Batty's touched it. So I'll, <laughs> I, want to, I want to touch it as well. The thing is, I've actually touched David Batty, not in a weird way or anything, but... I don't, believe really. um, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. You've definitely done it in a weird way. As a kid, um, my my dad was a car salesman, and his boss's wife—I know it's a long story—worked um, at Harrogate Hospital, hospital, and some of the players actually opened a wing at Harrogate Hospital. And I'm still trying to find out which wing it was. So there was was David Batty there, uh, Gary Speed, Eric Cantona, and Lee Chapman. Was it a left wing or right wing? <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and my dad was like so unprepared. It was like proper dad mentality. Like, ah, oh, that was before like cameras and stuff like that. So, he got like a receipt out from Morrison's or something. I got a pen out and I got, I got one of the their autographs, but I don't know where it went. But I'm still trying to find out what that wing was, who, where it is, and so. If, if anyone, anyone is out there that can do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And anyone on Twitter, social media knows what the wing the wing was uh, at Harrogate that they opened, then please let us know. We'll solve this mystery. Maybe David Batty knows. Yeah, go ask him. Open up the uh, cupboard and ask him. <laughs> <laughs> so Barney's story about inappropriately touching David Batty made me think about times when you've touched a player. And if you've ever touched a player, send us an email or a tweet that leads that and tell us about the time when you touched a player. My story is about when I slapped Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank on the head. <laughs> Was he in his house in the bath? No. This has gone very Alan Partridge, hasn't it? <laughs> if you say so, Andy. <laughs> slapped Jimmy Floyd on the head? <laughs> Why? Yeah. Why? Uh, had he had he handed in his transfer request at that point? No, he was a, a very popular member of the Leeds United squad at that point. Was it Harrogate Town in a pre-season friendly? It was. <laughs> Why did you slap his head? Well, my dad uh, used to be a referee in the local leagues and uh, in our pre-season friendly against Harrogate Town in 1998, he was, he was the linesman. And it was just after the France World Cup so Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank went from playing up front for Holland to uh, playing up front for Leeds at Harrogate Town with my dad trying to keep up with him on the <laughs> touchline. And after the game, I think Leeds won 5-0. I might, be, I might be misremembering that, but I think Leeds won 5-0. After the game, everybody obviously invaded the pitch and most people went straight for Hasselbank because he was the big, big name he was playing. Uh, There's quite a lot of letters in that name, isn't there? <laughs> yeah true he's got a big name in all senses of the word and um, by the time I got to him there was already a massive crowd around him so all I could do was literally reach over the crowd and smack him on the head so I did <laughs> and that was as, that was as close as I got to Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank that's such a mad thing to do how is that restraining order going and can you see this this is a picture of me on that very day that's George Graham, isn't it? And me. What's from- and the sun is literally shining out of your head. <laughs> and what's really bizarre for people uh, who don't know Martin Katsu's picture is, that how old are you on that picture? About 13, 14? Uh, yeah, 14, yeah. You look older than George Graham, who's probably about <laughs> 55. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. There you go. That's my touch in a player story. What's yours? I pissed off Eric Cantona. Good lad. More like the piss, oh, the piss bounced off him. <laughs> I don't know if I should admit this, but I went on a football course, uh, like a you know, like one of these Easter ones where your parents want rid of you for a week. And um, when I was a kid, and and for the like, they did like a trip on the last day, and it was to the Man United training ground. <gasps> I know, unbelievable. It used to be like open, and you could just go watch them, and uh, and obviously like. I made a beeline for Cantona and he he was, I knew that he was like, as a kid, this is, this is bad. Like I can't believe I did it, but as a, as a kid, you know, he was really rattled when he didn't get in the Euro 96 squad. So this is 97. And, uh, oh, when was it? Yeah. So he was really rattled because he hadn't got in the Euro 96 squad. And I said, how does it feel to not get in the squad? Like just asked him outright. And he looked so pissed off. It was unbelievable. Knowing what he's like as a character as well, but he was mega cheesed. But I was very pleased. At least he didn't kung fu kick you. Well, yeah, exactly. It could have ended a lot worse. Yeah, I've inappropriately touched quite a few Leeds players, aren't I, actually? Jonathan Douglas took that. <laughs> You've inappropriately touched more than Leeds players. Yeah, well, we'll bypass me. What about you, Paul? Don't, I think I haven't touched any of them, to be honest with you. Just, just photos at the Player of the Year Awards. Arm round, that's it. I remember touching Andy Keogh in a service station in Peterborough and I thought it was going to chin me. Anyway, that section was very creepy. Thanks for that, Matt. Thanks, Barney. Fancy game, guys? Nah. What is it? Well, you're in luck because we're going to have a game of Play Your Players Right. I'll start off by naming a player and I'll tell you how many appearances they've made for Leeds United. I'm then going to name another player and I want you to, to tell me whether or not they played more or less times, higher or lower than the previous player. Straightforwards. Twist on it for the season coming back. We're going to use the current season and just the current season appearances. So it's across all competitions and includes substitute appearances. And I want you to tell me whether the players have played more or less than the previous player. We all got that? Are any of them equal? We've got any red herrings? I think you're uh, getting ahead of yourself with that, Andy. But let's see. I'll let you be the judge of that. So I'm going to start you off with Egjan Alioski. He's played 32 times this season, made 32 appearances. So I want to know, Gaetano Berardi, higher or lower? So if you write down the amount as well we can use that in case we have to split a winner at the end can you tell us how many Elioski played please yes 32 32 Paul would you mind just telling us um, how many Alioski has played please uh, James he made 18 starts and uh, <laughs> in the league 12 12 substitute appearances and then he's also made two further appearances in the Cups what about Berardi will you tell us that number please <laughs> Do you want to guess this, Paul? Yes, so uh, Andy? Lower, 15. James? I've said lower, 15. Ah. Lower, 21. It's lower, and it's 20. Oh. Yeah, but you can't go any higher. You can't celebrate a victory there, Matt. Well, Matt's, yeah, Matt's got a good bit of credit on you there, hasn't he? 
in terms of the final standings. So let's see. Next one. Helder Costa, higher or lower than Berardi? James? Higher, 28. Matt? Higher, 33. Andy? Higher, 27. So it is higher, but bearing in mind it's in all competitions and from the subs bench. He's featured in all 40 games. Wow. Helder's one of the... Never. Yeah. I think that's another another point to me. And this is like when you pull the ace out that's high in the thing, so I'm giving you basically a free shot at the next one, unless it's a red herring. Uh, Calvin Phillips, higher or lower? Matt? Lower 34. Lower 36. Andy? Uh, lower 35. One of you is bang on the money. It's not Andy. This game's crap. And it's not James. It's Matthew. The oh. appearances. Well, Matt's won now. 3-0. We'll just do a couple more. We'll play double or quits. Yeah. Liam Cooper, higher or lower than Calvin Phillips. Andy? Lower, 35. That's higher. Calvin, <laughs> Calvin Phillips played 34. Higher, 35. <laughs> James? I'm going lower, 30. He was suspend- not suspended. He was injured for quite a while, wasn't he? Matt? Lower, 32. One of you is bang on the money. It's James. 30 yeah. appearances for Liam Cooper. Boom! Awful game. Right, la- last one. Redemption, Andy. Luke Aileen. Is this worth five points? Yeah, winner takes it all. Get in. Last one. Luke Aileen, higher or lower than Liam Cooper? Cooper was 30. Cooper was 30. James? It's annoying me this, because I can't remember whether he, whether he was injured for a bit. Um... I'm going to say 42. Higher. The maximum's 40. Oh, balls. <laughs> I'm going to say higher. I'm going to say 38. Matt? I'm, ge- I'm saying higher, 31. Andy? I'm, I can't remember him if he's been injured or not. I think he probably has. What's the number to be higher than 30? 30. Lower 29. One of you is irritatingly bang on it's lower 29 <laughs> oh winner takes all and this guy's grinning well done Matt on actually winning I've and well done yes. Andy for being a grinner so you know play your players right isn't the only game that I've won you didn't win it, I won it, didn't no, I? No, I won play your players right. And uh, together with James, we have jointly won Clap for Carers Bingo because last week was the last one and none of us scored. So me and James won 2 2, 0 0. I got two, no, right? Didn't. Just on, I did, just on different no, weeks. Didn't. I did, didn't. just I got the weeks wrong, didn't no. I? Well, I did. So congratulations, James. That's me and you. Clap for Carers Bingo Champions 2020. Congratulations to the club for uh, running the campaign so that just about wraps it up for this edition of the leads that podcast i'd just like to uh, remind people that if you haven't already done so if you go to leads.com forward slash donate you can enter into our prize draw the prize draw itself is absolutely phenomenal there's a massive amount of of great prizes that have been donated from so many kind people as we mentioned tonight we have the signed david batty poster that barney bought on twitter that he's kindly given us 
Um, the the prize draw is five pounds per entry. You can enter as many times as you like. The funds have been split two ways between the Orb Community Arts Project and the York Special Care Baby Unit. If you want to hear the story about why those two charities are so close to our hearts, a few podcasts ago, uh, James and I um, discussed the reasons why we're supporting those charities. So thank you once again for, for listening. We'll speak to you next time. Podcast Network.